0: Still start your engines. Uh, You tell me that about. Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. The only thing we have to fear is fear itself. I'm not a crook. If you like your health care plan, you'll be able to keep your health care plan. to Jim Paris Live, your source for the latest news on money, politics, prophecy, and preparedness. And now your host, the editor-in-chief of Christianmoney.com and the author of more than 30 books, Jim Paris. All right, hello everybody, welcome to the broadcast. Good to have you with us. Of course we are live on Sunday nights. Jim Paris here with you. The website is christianmoney.com. What we do on the show, we talk about money. We talk about Bible prophecy. We talk about digital currency. We talk about news events. We talk about preparedness, all kinds of topics. We love the topic of true crime as well. So you just never know what we're going to talk about on a given episode. Tonight, our special guest in the guest segment is our good friend, L.A. Marzulli, and we'll be discussing Bible prophecy starting in 29 minutes when we bring L.A. Marzulli onto the broadcast. Next week, our special guest in the guest segment is true crime author, Dylan Howard. And uh, he has a book out that is all about the mysterious death of Princess Diana. And if you've ever had questions or doubts that maybe there was more to that than just uh, a car accident, uh, you don't want to miss next week's broadcast when Dylan Howard is back with us. And we might be able to sneak in a question or two also uh, on the topic of Jeffrey Epstein, which, of course, he has another book out on the Epstein case, uh, which uh, we had that interview a few weeks ago and are still getting a tremendous amount of downloads on that interview. OK, we do these broadcasts without commercials. So every broadcast we do, we have one sort of official sponsor that pays for the whole deal. And tonight your sponsor is free self-defense dot com. Now, if you're somebody that would like to have a self-defense tool in your tool bag, but you don't want to carry a gun, maybe you don't want to carry a knife either or anything else that, you know, could be dangerous to you or if you have grandchildren. Believe it or not, there is something called a self-defense pen. And um, we're making available this through our sponsor, a free self-defense pen. And this is a, a limited quantity. while well, quantities last. You'll go to freeselfdefensepen.com, put in your information there. I believe there's a small charge for shipping, and they'll send this to you, and it also includes some training videos that you can watch to learn how to use this pen to defend yourself. It really is fascinating, and as an instructor in the martial arts myself, I have to tell you this is a really cool device to have um, and to learn how to use it, especially if you're a woman if you're maybe an, an older person and you want sort of an equalizer, check out tonight's sponsor. Get your free self-defense pen by going to freeselfdefensepen.com. That's freeselfdefensepen.com. Lots of news tonight. We're going to be talking about Bernie Sanders, the coronavirus uh, we'll be talking about Hillary Clinton. Something's brewing there. But we start with our top story. The judge in the Roger Stone case has... Uh, this has just been released before we went to to air here tonight. Uh, it is It has been announced that the judge has denied Roger Stone's motion to disqualify her. So uh, the judge herself has said, nope, I'm not going to uh, agree with this motion to disqualify myself. So I'm sure there will be an appeal of that. Um, but a lot of funny things going on in the Roger Stone case, uh, that one juror that appears to clearly have been biased and maybe even lied about, uh, her bias in the, uh, voidar where they were questioning the, uh, the jurors. Uh, that's an interesting twist to find out that she was, um, ardently anti-Trump and had even made posts on social media uh, about uh, Roger Stone. Uh, All of that has come out now. So that's kind of blowing up the case, possibly uh, going to get a new trial there uh, set for Roger Stone. And then the motion to disqualify the judge that we just mentioned uh, has been turned down. But we will see. Uh, Donald Trump pardoned a lot of people earlier in the week, but one of them was not Roger Stone, but many people are expecting at some point in this process for Roger Stone uh, to get a pardon from the president if it comes to that. So we will see Bernie Sanders wins Nevada. And this was not a huge surprise. Although I think some were holding out hope that maybe Joe Biden might have done better. You know, there was this idea that, well, Biden was not going to necessarily do well in Iowa, maybe then not in Vermont. But then when we get away from the Northeast, he was going to have better chances uh, to perform. And Nevada did not turn out to be that for him. And I earlier this afternoon while I was preparing for the show, I kind of, you know, was surprised to learn something. Uh, How quickly this is all going to be over the Democratic primary, how quickly it's going to be over. If you take a look at the schedule of the upcoming um, the upcoming primaries, you've got the primary coming up this week in uh, South Carolina. So it's on Saturday and then it's the following week is Super Tuesday. When pretty much all the rest of the marbles that are on the table get get uh, given away. So this whole deal is going to be over in like 10 days. We're pretty much going to know who the nominee is. Question mark. (laughs) And that's where we get into this. And by the way, James Carville, who's, who's quite a character. Can you believe Carville is like 75 now? He came out and said that anyone that thinks that Sanders can win in the general election is, quote, stupid, close quote. (laughs) And he might be right. But the plot thickens because Dick Morris, who is a former advisor to President Bill Clinton, all the way back to his days as Arkansas governor, Dick Morris was his wingman. And Dick Morris is an interesting guy. Um, The problem is a lot of things that he predicts just simply don't come true. But they're very interesting. He's one of these guys that has a lot of theories and a lot of ideas on what the Clintons are up to, even though he hasn't had any dealings with them in many, many years. He claims to kind of know the mind of the Clintons and gets a lot of uh, you know media attention making these predictions. So, again, here, here's one I don't know um, if this is going to be the case or not. I find it fascinating, however, as I do many of the things that Dick Morris predicts. So here's the headline. Ex-Bill Clinton advisor Dick Morris uh, says that Bloomberg and Hillary are cooking up a scheme for her to become the Democratic nominee. Now, I've heard this in other venues. So maybe this isn't the first time you've heard this, but I'm hearing this more and more often, this whole idea that somehow There's going to be such a a division among the, the votes in the primary that there will not be one person that has enough votes in the Democratic primary to actually officially be the nominee. And if that happens, according to the rules, it goes then to a floor vote at the Democratic National Convention. And I don't understand these rules completely, but apparently there is a scenario and this is continuing to be discussed. There is a scenario where kind of it doesn't matter who got how many votes, if there's if there's not a single winner. It's like everybody we we erase all of the the votes off the board and everybody starts at zero and it's just open to. Uh, Someone being selected at the uh, at the convention, at the Democratic National Convention. Now, what is interesting to me is that it doesn't necessarily have to be one of those people that has run for the nomination up until that point. You would think it would be that, but apparently it's not. Apparently, anybody, Ronald McDonald could get up on the stage and get enough votes and he would be the Democratic nominee. It it doesn't have to be someone that has run. It just has to be someone that gets enough votes at the convention, assuming that there's not a clear winner from the primaries up until that point. And I've seen a number of these different mathematical calculations. Well, if Bernie does this and Bloomberg does this and Warren does this and Buttigieg does this we're going to end up with sort of this pie that's broken up into so many pieces. There's not one person that has enough votes to be the official nominee. So Dick Morris is proffering this theory that this is all a Machiavellian plot of Hillary Clinton, that she is going to uh, rise from the ashes at the democratic convention. And, and what they're going to do there is basically say, look, Nobody has enough votes, so what we're going to do is we're not going to let any of these people win because it wouldn't be fair to any of them, so we'll pick someone that didn't run, Hillary Clinton, come on down. You're the next contestant on The Price is Right. Now, if that happened, I don't know. It would be historic, obviously. I think it would be hilarious, and I don't know what that does to the Democratic Party because basically— If you throw out all of the primaries and just say none of that mattered, we're going to just pick somebody that didn't even run here at the convention. Does that not just destroy the entire primary process? I mean, as it is, it's already a joke. They're already making jokes about what happened in Iowa. I guess in in, uh, Nevada, uh, it was hours and hours and hours after the uh, the caucus was over before they could decide uh, who had uh, enough votes to be declared the winner. Um, so it has not gone smoothly so far. And uh, it could be a train wreck at the convention. <laughs> it would be fun to see, right? Uh, Democrats turning tables over and rioting. And um, it's it seems like it, it is like a circular firing squad, what is going on. And so we're starting to hear certain voices, the more reasoned voices of the party, suggesting that those that are um, you know, it, with the the uh, smaller uh, followings, it, it, now's the time to drop out. You know, so if you're an Elizabeth Warren, a Mayor Pete, uh, a- any of these people, uh, you know, Joe Biden would be on that list. If you're someone who just doesn't have quite the mojo, now's the time to drop out and let all of those votes kind of inure to the individuals that are are leading. Of course. Anybody but Bernie <laughs> is I think what uh, most of the Democrats, the mainstream Democrats are saying because I think they realize uh, and, and I heard this yesterday and I think this is probably right that the Republicans are sitting on a treasure trove of video and audio clips of Bernie going you know back in the day when he was praising Fidel Castro and praising communist. Uh, Russia and on and on and on. And and those video and audio clips are, the, are out there because he has said those things. I mean, this is a guy that took his honeymoon in Russia <laughs> in the Soviet Union when it was still the Soviet Union. So there's a lot that they can uh, do to destroy Bernie if he becomes the candidate. Um, you know, I, honestly, I don't know which one of these candidates does the best against Trump. At one time, I thought it was Biden. I just don't know anymore. It, it, Biden looks like he's he's done. So I, I'm not really sure if there's anybody left that really does stand a chance against Trump, which is a good thing <laughs> for conservatives. Uh, but in any case, it'll be fascinating to watch. And when you look at the calendar, this this whole deal looks like it's going to be you know roughly wrapped up in like ten days. I mean. If somebody gets enough votes, I mean, we're looking at Super Tuesday, we're looking at South Carolina, and this is um, this is Joe Biden's kind of last stand. I mean, South Carolina, this is his so-called firewall. So if he does not do well, you know, we'll know in six days if, if he's done that. That could be his last day running for president. Could be next Saturday night. That could be the end. All right, we move ahead. And if you're just tuning in, our good friend Ellie Marzuli will be here in 14 minutes. We'll be talking about Bible prophecy, the coronavirus, locusts, earthquakes, volcanic activity. Are we in the end times? This is the guy to talk to. He'll be with us in just 14 minutes. I want to talk about the coronavirus for a few minutes, just some of my own thoughts on it. I find it interesting. Um, How many Americans have a so-called normalcy bias? Um, You know, one place I love to go to is St. Augustine. It's about 20, 25 minutes up the road. And one of the fun things to do, interesting things to do, I guess would be a better way to put it, is to visit some of the the old grave sites there. You can actually go and find graves, uh, I believe, going back to like the 1700s. There are gravestones that you can see. Uh, and some of the graves apparently are actually two and three people sharing the same grave. And some of the graves are actually above ground because how close it is to the ocean. But the reason I bring this up is because there have been plagues before in the United States where just whole families die. You know, mother dies, father dies, all the children die. Uh, Some in some cases, whole towns disappear and die from plagues. And this whole idea of coronavirus and what's happening in other countries. And I want to give you some of the latest news on this. But uh, so many Americans are just dismissive of this. Like this, this is this isn't going to be something we have to worry about. It's not something that we have to, you know, that we're going to see happen here Uh, We're too advanced and too smart and have too much uh, medical technology for this to really affect us here. And I think that type of an attitude is, is really, really dangerous because even today I was at church and people come up and shake your hand and they hug you and slap you on the back and all of that. I'm in the bathroom like twice washing my hands with soap. The minute I get home, I'm washing, I'm scrubbing my hands with soap, um, I am being like super careful. I use a restroom up at Starbucks, scrubbing my hands with soap, getting a towel, drying my hands, using the towel to open up the the door to get back out and maybe even thinking I'm I'm just I'm not going to go out much anymore until this whole thing is over. And maybe I'm maybe I'm on the other extreme. I'm going to the other side of this being too concerned about it. But listen to some of the things that are going on right now. This is just in the last couple of days. There is now, I believe, 12 towns in northern Italy, a dozen towns that are officially under quarantine. This means that people are not allowed to come into those towns or leave those towns. The people living there are not even allowed to leave their houses. They're having food delivered to their houses and medicine. They're basically locked in. We now have new cases, confirmed cases of the coronavirus in the Middle East, in Israel, in Iran and the worst spreading continues to be in Asia, not even to talk about China. We're not even going to talk about China right now, but talk about South Korea, which now has over 600 cases. They're telling people across the country of South Korea, uh, stay in your homes, stay away from public events. People are being told not to attend church or public gatherings. And then tonight it was announced that Samsung, the smartphone manufacturer, has closed an entire factory in Seoul due to the coronavirus. And another story I read tonight was the cruise industry is about to be devastated. I think the cruise industry is something like fifty billion dollar a year industry, uh, and and they're about to just be completely wiped out because who in the world wants to get on a cruise ship? I mean, as it is without a coronavirus, a cruise ship may be the worst place in the world to be in terms of catching germs and and, and all of these things that have happened uh, over the years on cruise ships without a pandemic. And you talk about a place you don't want to be is on a cruise ship. And some of the stories of people who have uh, been on a cruise ship where Corona uh, coronavirus was detected even in just one passenger the whole cruise ship is locked down and you're like in a prison and nobody gets out and in that kind of enclosed quarters where everybody's sharing the same air and uh, the toilets are overflowing and it's a mess you know a lot of people are going to end up getting the coronavirus just from being it, being there and uh, I, I guess this virus can actually live on a surface. For hours and hours and hours, I w- I was reading like seven to nine hours. If somebody like touches a doorknob, that that virus can continue on. And then the most startling thing I read was this idea of a fourteen day quarantine, which is that um, even if you're not showing the signs of the coronavirus, if you've been exposed to someone that has had the coronavirus, they want to put you into a fourteen day quarantine. Well, I read a report uh believe it was yesterday that said now the medical experts are saying that it could be as long. The gestation period could be as long as 27 days. So that means that they're going to have to take people who have been exposed to it and quarantine them for 27 days before they would know whether they actually are carrying the coronavirus or not. This is nuts And then when you look at what this is doing to tourism, I read a story today that in France, and of course, Europe hasn't been hit too badly yet, um, but France has already seen a plunge in tourism of between 30 and 40 percent. And the bottom line is people do not want to travel. They do not want to be in close quarters like cruise ships and airplanes and airports and that sort of thing. And, and I'll tell you, um, you know, I was thinking of maybe a couple of trips. Um, I've got one obligation that I cannot get out of uh, up in Chicago in June. And I've just been thinking about maybe I'm not going to fly. Maybe I'll just drive. I'll take a couple of extra days and drive up there so that I don't have to get into a, a metal tube that uh, flies, 30,000 feet in the air uh, with the air circulating and recirculating and all it would take is one person on that plane to have the coronavirus and uh you know people people don't want to ride trains they don't want to ride subways even getting into just think about this getting into like a taxi cab or getting into you know an Uber or a Lyft and touching you know maybe there was 50 people in that car that same day and now you're touching those same surfaces and I don't want to be one of those people walking around with a mask and eye protection and gloves. I don't want to do that, but man, I'm thinking about it and you know, what's uh, scary is there are no masks to get to buy apparently uh, the medical masks that you need to protect yourself are sold out. You can't, you can't even get them now. So that may not even be an option. It was interesting when I was in Korea last year. Um, It was it was a year, a, a year and a half ago. I was in Seoul for 16 days. And even at that time, there was really nothing going on like coronavirus. But there was so many people I saw that were on the, the subway system, the train system there that were wearing the face masks. And I guess this is just part of the Asian culture that a lot of them do wear these surgical masks just as a preventative type of a measure when they're around crowds of people. But I, I don't know. I I have to say, I think Americans are simply having too much of a laissez faire attitude about this. And if you think that there is nothing that could ever hit America and wipe out tens of thousands or even millions of people, uh, think again, and this could very well be just one of the signs of us being uh, in the end times, because, you know, here we are. You know, we're, we're looking at at all of these things. We're going to talk to our friend Ellie Marzulli in five minutes about this. But I mean, just the the increase in earthquakes, we've got uh, earthquakes happening, uh, several earthquakes on the border between Georgia and Tennessee. What? I mean, it, it's it's. It's everything that the Bible is telling us will happen in the end days is happening now. And the coronavirus will ask our friend Ellie Marzulli, you know, what part this plays in the end times. But my goodness, we've got earthquakes and volcanoes, and we have locust millions upon millions of locusts um, that are literally wiping out uh, parts of Africa. And the latest news on the locust swarms are that they have now reached China. So can you imagine what China's going through with the coronavirus and thousands upon thousands of cases and all of the deaths that they've had? And they're having to close down factories and industry and what this is going to do to their economy and to tourism there. And then on top of it, uh, the locust swarms swarming their agriculture and wiping out their farms. And the, I, I I don't know. I, I don't know how they recover from this. But uh, these are definitely troubling times that we are in. All right. Now in our last couple of minutes, just a little bit of talk here about what's going on with Bitcoin. Uh, just before the program tonight, uh, Bitcoin had bubbled up again above 10,000. So where we're at right now is kind of a battle between the, the bulls and the bears on this $10,000 line here. Uh, Bitcoin goes above ten thousand. I think it got up to like ten thousand four hundred a few days ago, and then it was rejected back down, all the way down to ninety four hundred. But now Bitcoin is uh, right there flirting with ten thousand dollars again. So a lot of things are happening with cryptocurrency. Um, and, and by the way, a lot of people have emailed me about my my online uh, course on Bitcoin. Yes, that is still available bitcoinworkshop.us the course is still open you can still join the course everything is there for you also the audio version of my bitcoin book is now available and that's available through audible.com or at amazon.com directly which of course is part of audible or you can get it i'm told over at itunes as well so amazon Audible or iTunes. And the title of the book is the 90 minute Bitcoin quick start, the 90 minute Bitcoin quick start. And uh, a lot of things happening. Uh, We've got ripple XRP uh, that has uh, been bubbling up Uh, right now. It's at 28 cents. Uh, But there's another coin I really like, and I haven't talked about it on the show much, Uh, but another coin to take a look at is Raven coin. And uh, one thing I'm going to be doing is uh, I'm, I'm going to be joining this, this service is called eToro, E-T-O-R-O, eToro. And there's a way that um, if I do, if I publish my trading activity, that you'll be able to follow my cryptocurrency trading and that'll be cool. So that's something, too, we're going to be talking about in the online class on Bitcoin. So check that out at Bitcoin.com workshop.us all right we're going to take a one minute break we will refire the open when we come back on the other side we will have our good friend L.A. Marzulli so much to talk about the coronavirus locusts, earthquakes wow uh, the end days are upon us and we've got the right guy here to answer our questions we'll be back in one minute stay tuned with the Lucky Lucky Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere